Hey everyone, this is Bad Associations Podcast. On today's episode, I spoke with Jason. He is the creator of the website you probably have already heard of, avoidjw.org. If you know anything about the website, you know that it is extremely detailed. It's done in a masterful way, and I highly recommend anyone that hasn't thoroughly clicked around on the site to do so now. Just like the website, my conversation with Jason was very insightful. We covered everything from the five-year rule, prayers being a waste of time, losing your family to the organization's rules, and his baptism in 1995. I know you guys will enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. Could you start off by telling me about the first time you started questioning the Jehovah's Witness faith? Okay, so for me, I didn't get this. I got the scholarships in 2001, but I didn't question it until 20, 2014, actually. Mm-hmm. I had two elders call to my house to see could they get me to come back. We had a conversation for 75 minutes. I know it was 75 minutes because I remember I saw the time when they arrived and the time that they left. <laughs> it was exactly 75 minutes. And I said, look, I know I was, why, why, or what the reason was for disfellowship me, but I don't know why I was disfellowshipped. As in, I thought that once you're repentant, you are forgiven, irrespective of what the sin is. Um, but I was still disfellowshipped, despite being sorry for it. And they promised me that they'd, they'd uh, find out and come back to me. Um, that would have been in March 2014. By July 2014, I heard nothing from them. Um, I approached one of them on the street. Actually, he was going door to door in my neighborhood. I stopped him and I said, I haven't heard from you. I said, oh, I'll get back to you on that. I heard nothing again until October. And I then approached them at the Kingdom Hall. It was in a rented hotel up the road from me here. And uh, he was just so nervous. And I said, look, there's something not right here. And I said, I don't know why you had made all these promises when you came to my door. I went to the memorial that you asked me to come along and you haven't done anything since then. Um, and he just was so put out by me challenge, challenging him. And my brother, who isn't a Jehovah's Witness, said, Jason, have you ever researched Jehovah's Witnesses? I said, no, no, it's all apostate lies, all that stuff. And he says, well, you should just check it out. He says, look, if it's lies, you'll know it's lies. And that sent me down the rabbit hole. That's when I started to question things. Once I saw what the elders were like and what they were, that they weren't being so very forthcoming, yet they expected me to be honest, yet they weren't being honest. And they never, even after you did research, did you ever reach out again and say like, hey, by the way, you never got back to me and? No, I I did. I left him be because he was extremely nervous, extreme. I mean, nervous. You he was terrified of me even challenging him. Wow. I think I think it seemed to me that there was something being hid from me and they didn't want to reveal it. And that's why I I don't know, I think something happened and they didn't want to go down that rabbit hole and they didn't want to tell me and they didn't it to them it was it's just for me to do the normal thing, come back even if they made mistakes. That's how I, I viewed it. And so that's uh, that that kind of angered me a lot. And then when I went and discovered all these lies and how the organization is run, should that even was even worse for me to the point now where I, I'm just like, well, it's why I created the website avoidjw.org was like, you know, avoid this religious group. 
you know, they're extremely, they're extremely arrogant and extremely, they're just complete utter liars, really, for the most part, um, and really deceptive towards people, and including their own, you know. Um, and they expect us to be very sorry if we make a sin that we come to the elders, we'd apologize for it, uh, we'd be dis disciplined for it, whatever that might be. And yet they themselves don't follow the same rules. They don't apply to them. They just applies to the plebs. How That's did you I... get into it? Oh, so my mom became a Jehovah's Witness when I was two years of age. I suppose she started kind of similar to yourself. She, I was about six months old when they called to her, to her door. She was trying to set up the library for herself. Uh, she was getting these books from, she got this book. I, oh, the truth that the truth that leads to eternal life was given to her, you know, a little blue book. And she said, oh, that looks nice. And she put it in the library. And sure, they kept calling back as they do, pestering her to read it. And then she said, all right, I better read it. And she, she started reading and she read it from cover to cover. I guess it wouldn't take too long. It's only 192 pages or something. But uh, she read the whole lot and she said, this is the truth. <laughs> As people are, but she would have been in a period in her life where she was terrified. Of, she was brought up a Catholic, terrified of the of hellfire and all that sort of stuff. So once she read, read it in this book, that hell doesn't exist and that it won't uh, be eternal burnt. Um, if you if you die it's sinful, you know. So yeah, she became a Jehovah's Witness. I grew up in it. My siblings, I have two brothers, two sisters. All of us were brought up in it. Um, my younger sister and I both got baptized. My older sister and my two brothers never got baptized. So I got baptized at 18 years of age. I just turned 18. Um, all my friends had already got baptized, so I felt I I better go ahead and do it as well. Um, yeah, so that's how I became a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, and I I think we, that's really common that we all felt that pressure when everyone else is getting baptized around you. It, for you to be the odd one out not doing it. Sometimes it's like a verbal pressure and then other times it's just like the environment makes you feel pressured. Yeah, for me and my brothers, my brothers were just were never into it, you know, they never they didn't really hang out with any of the Jehovah's Witnesses, whereas a lot of my friends were both Jehovah's Witnesses and not Jehovah's Witnesses. My being brought up, my mom, my mom was a Jehovah's Witness, but my dad wasn't, so it was life was a little bit easier. So I could enjoy both sides, both being with Jehovah's and without them. So that was quite fortunate for me, um, and I guess that's probably why I delayed getting baptized. I was enjoying the, the fun that you have and and the, the typical things that teenagers get up to <laughs> as, as young fellas, you know, and we were always up to no good. Um, nothing bad particularly, but you know, you're just, you're just not, not what you're supposed to be as Jehovah's Witness, be yeah. as goody-goody two-shoes, you know? Um, yeah. Was there so, ever a point where you actually believed it? Oh, I firmly believed it. I always believed it. My, my brothers believed it as well. They just thought they were going to go to, to you know, be destroyed at Armageddon. I thought, you know, we're all going to, that we have to become Jehovah's Witnesses. And if we don't, we will be destroyed at Armageddon too. Armageddon is going to be very soon. Um, especially as a young person, I remember the Gulf War in 91. I was about 14 years of age and I was absolutely terrified. And then 9-11 was even more frightening. And 9-11 was most frightening for me because I was getting disfellowshipped. Uh, just around that time, I was disfellowshipped in November. So, and I thought, this is the end, it's coming. Um, and I was absolutely petrified. And at the same time, I couldn't understand why these elders are kicking me out for, for being the same, but I was 
apologetic first, and, and I had actually, you know, confessed, confessed this, but um, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, so I was, I was a firm believer, believed in the whole thing. Um, but I just, I suppose the thing was, was I never got was the prayer. I could never, I never could make a connection between prayer and God. To me, I just felt like I was talking to myself. You know, <laughs> you have a lot of people think that, oh yeah, I feel God listens to me and all the rest. And I'm like, I don't get any of that. I never got any of that. I just found that prayer is just another way of trying to convince yourself that what what you believe can be confirmed through prayer. That's all it is. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a crutch to kind of keep you in, in a religious group like all religions use it prayer to say you have to pray i remember um when i was disfellowshipped in in around about 2002 2003 i had mormons call to the door and i i was living at home and it drove my mom nuts because i was bringing in mormons to study <laughs> and she says why are you bringing these in, in, into my house i says ma'am how do we know that we have the truth if yeah. we don't know what all the other religions do and she didn't have an answer for it so she had to let me do it so i said just let them come in i mean it's not like i'm going to become a mormon but i would like to know what they believe so i had eight sessions with them till and every time we had a session they'd be there for an hour and they had charts they had all of that it was actually very interesting the way they did their, their bible study as opposed to Jehovah's Witnesses Jehovah's Witnesses is just the book you know when you start reading the book be it the um, you can live forever in paradise on earth or whatever and seeing all these images but in, in the Mormons they'd have these uh, charts you know with um, big foolscap pages that they turn over and draw and, and all the rest and I found this all fascinating but I found it most fascinating their religion and every time they came and they left then I'd take down a serious amount of notes of what they had said so I could compare and contrast and then the next time they come I'd have questions for them now their religion is absolutely nuts I just don't understand how anyone can become a Mormon it's the most ridiculous religion on earth I mean it's a religion where they believe that uh, 30 Jews left Jerusalem and ended up on a boat going off to America and found a new world and then those 30 people within a 30 year period have become 10,000 how does 30 people become 10,000 it's a bit ridiculous and then sure they're they're the founders of the American nation <laughs> Yeah. Just go, like there's no historical evidence for any of that <laughs> and yet you still believe it as a fact right you know <laughs> but i think it's i think it's very important for us all to to research other religions especially if we think we have the truth how do you know you have the truth if you're brought, brought up in it? And you and i have been brought both brought up in it yeah. um, and then i went and i studied with the baha'i these were there was interesting interesting too because they're very similar to Jehovah's Witnesses in one sense, but they're a complete other cult as well. But they're um they're nice people, just like Jehovah's Witnesses are nice people, but um just they're, they're another persecuted religion. <laughs> Jehovah's Witnesses, but um yeah, it's all nonsense as well. They follow some guy, I can't remember what his name was, but some guy from Iran, whatever. But uh, yeah, that was about it with my study of religion, or actually going to religious services. But I've always gone to Catholic church services, and I've gone to Protestant services, but I just call them kind of normal enough to just, just you know, there's nothing really to learn from them other than what we already know about. Well, yeah, in, in we know plenty. Yeah. <laughs> When you when you were finding all the things out in 2014, and that's when you started the website, 
Did you share that with any of your family that was still in? Yeah, yeah. So I was texting them because I was so angry. I said, "Have you seen this? The um, the uh, you know the, the the house of the princess? I've been texting them that sort of stuff." <laughs> I said, "Have you ever heard of Raymond Franz?" I said, "I didn't know that there was a governing body member that was disfellowshipped," and yeah. that was to my my mom, my sister, and my sister's husband. And then my sister's husband texted back. He says, "You were just full of hate and rage, Jason. Stop texting us." So I never texted them again after that. Yeah. So yeah, I did try, but it's it's like it's like everything. You it, it, when it comes to religion, you have to be ready to accept that there's something wrong. And if you're not at that place in your life, then you, all all of this is just lies. That you know that's how yeah, just that's apostates. How you know, tip, up to their typical work. Yeah. So even though you might have all the and well, actually, I suppose for me as well with Avoid JW, it was okay. We had all this information, especially I was looking on JW Facts, which is a fascinating uh, website, and the amount of research that Paul Grundy has done is phenomenal. But I was thinking, well, he's got all these quotes and whatever, but where can you find them? Yeah, and you had to scourge the internet to find them. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't have to do this. So that's when I thought, okay, we got to get all these um, books and booklets and put them together in one place so that people can verify that what they said previously is true. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can use JW Facts to research. You can go to Avoid JW then to actually get the actual document or book and download it and read it and see exactly what they did say. Yeah, your site is mind-blowing i mean the amount of documents that you've been able to find and both like also the amendments of like because we all know how often they change and update the books um and then because then they have a way of saying well no the book doesn't say that it never said that which is classic gaslighting to make us feel like maybe we are misremembering and we're just embellishing our experiences but you've been able to find all the previous documents as well of like before they made those changes um which is wild i don't even know how you've been able to do everything you've done on your website well it's a lot of work uh, a lot of yeah, work to get, get, get all those documents and to be able to um catalog them and place them in the place so that they can actually be accessible to people so that they can actually download them you know but it, it's been at great risk i mean i've had watchtower philip brumley who's the uh uh legal counsel for Watchtower in Patterson. Um, he's sent me a letter. <laughs> I've actually put that letter up on Avoid JW so that uh, people can read it. Um, but he sent me a letter saying that if I didn't take down the website, take down all these documents and stop doing anything related to JWs for six years, he will take me to court and, and sue me to the full extent of the law. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I wrote back to him and said, I don't run Avoid JW, which I don't. Technically, I don't run Avoid JW. Yes, I'm the founder of the website, but I don't run it. So, you know, the website's still running. All the documents are still there. And sure, you know, the really, the, what's really bothering them? I mean, all the, yeah. all, the, all the publications are available on JW.org. So why, why does it matter if they're published elsewhere? And Avoid JW doesn't make any money. There's no adverts. There's no... Look, uh, there's not even a donate button. There's nothing on the website to be trying to to take any of their business 
And <laughs> it's not when you look at Avoid JW, even the word avoid is to kind of stay away from JW.org. So it's it's not in it's not in competition with it. It's actually a critical website, which is uh, part of free speech and actually is you know it's a fair use doctrine as well. Allows you to be able to share uh, documents in that way and and copyright materials in that way. So you know even if they did take me to court, what's the money to be made? They can't they can't make money from someone who isn't making money. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they left off. That was almost five years ago now that they. Yeah, it was a bluff. That, yeah, it was a bluff, and it was it was actually a bit of a ridiculous bluff because when you looked at it, they even were complaining about my trademark. But I think what they were trying to do was throw as much as they could into that letter to scare me off altogether. But it just kind of backfired a lot. Yeah, that's silly. You have a few different acronyms for the word avoid, um, and all of them are extremely fitting. Um, it's. I've tried to, I, I started, there was an episode that come, came out today um, called I'm Hannah. And Hannah was the first episode um, that I recorded where she really motivated me to put the documents in the show notes of the podcast episodes of anytime someone's discussing a, not a broad rule, but a specific document they remember reading that's told them X, Y, and Z. And I'm, I've been trying to do that going forward, all future episodes that I've recorded to try to have some documents but i'm running into a wall and i feel like your website has really helped where there are documents that they've taken off of jw.org that we all have distinct memories that they did exist but they're not on their site anymore but you have them on your site so you're kind of just like confirming that we're not crazy and that we're not you know we didn't have this dream but we didn't all uniquely have this one dream no this really happened and we remember studying these these books and them saying something that now they no longer say yeah and i just i just think for an organization that says it's the truth why aren't they transparent shouldn't they be at the forefront of transparency for an organization that says it's god's organization on earth they should be the most transparent what have they to lose by being transparent Unless they're 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 not the true organization, in which case then you would you wouldn't be transparent. You'd be very opaque, and you'd hide everything, which is exactly what they do. So, so it's one or the other. And for me, I think it's just a, another religious organization, like any such as the Catholic Church or the Protestantism, that just wants to further its own interests, uh, grow and with, with growth. I mean, th- that makes people at the top very prosperous in one sense. Yes, they probably don't get a wage, but they do. Leave Lead, uh, very comfortable lives and uh, can can have a very happy life you know and that they don't want that threatened you know in any way because mm-hmm. you know if people stop donating stop giving the money well that threatens their livelihood um, and so it's in their interest to protect the organization um, how long were you in before you left I got baptized in 1995 and was disfellowshipped twice in between there, between then and 2001. So I guess I was a full believing Jehovah's Witness, I'd say maybe two years before that. So eight years in total. Oh my goodness. You know, I don't consider my upbringing as being a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, you're brought up in it, but I don't consider that being me being a Jehovah's Witness. I I consider the time when I became an unbaptized publisher till I was disfellowshipped. You know, that's the period I call. So roughly around eight years. That makes sense. I think that if I went by how many years I believed in it, then I would 
say I was never a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> so I, I say I was raised in it because that's that's a factual statement. But yeah. I guess I was never technically a Jehovah's Witness because I never. Okay, so it. you were similar to my siblings then. Yeah, I never thought it was real. I was baptized because of the the pressure by my parents and congregation, and I felt like I didn't have an, another option at the time. Um, but it was me playing the the game that I was forced to play in order to survive but i never believed in any of the the rules or the okay all right so you weren't, you weren't like me then where i did actually believe in all of this i look yeah. back now and i wonder how did i believe all of this <laughs> i know I, I i question my family every day about that but you have you have most of your family that is not in the religion and then you just have the, the couple that are still in there yeah because all my uncles and aunts and i have a lot of them none of them are Jehovah's witnesses and think it's all crazy nuts and i found that actually <laughs> they didn't do themselves any favors uh, my mom and my sister by shunning me because that just proved to the rest of the family like if you really want your family to become jehovah's mm. witnesses you know and survive armageddon would you not would not be in your interest to be actually be kind to your son and try and bring him back and that would show to the rest of the family that this is a is a good organization and cares for its members no to just show how crazy and extreme they are you know and that's i mean you see that now like they were if you look at jehovah's witnesses over the years they've been able to successfully over the last 100 years be able to hide the fact that they shun members yeah um, and that they shun them hard and they were able very well to hide that but only in recent years i think in the last 10 years if even that 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 facade is falling apart you see it in the likes of Norway and what went on there and where they've now lost their, their funding it seems to be the case as well in, in in Spain in Spain you know they've taken a case against uh, an organization that calls themselves victims of Jehovah's Witnesses and they want the name destroyed um, they want the whole organization just, just destroyed um, and that they should be paid for ruining their honor but we are victims of Jehovah's Witnesses. Anyone that's shunned is a victim mm -hmm. of Jehovah's Witnesses. So I don't know how they're going to win this. And even if they did do win it, the publicity that's been had over it is going to have the Streisand effect. And that people, the normal public, are just going to go, these are nut jobs. Absolute nut jobs. <laughs> One that they, they, they shun and kick out members and, and do all sorts and have these internal judicial. And then on the, on the other hand, they actually go and sue them when they when when they've already harmed them so yeah they're 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 struggling and i think one of the reasons they're struggling is because of the elder manual and the very fact that it's been made public and you know avoid jw has done a good job of making sure that that book book is out there in the public yes. and that all variations of it and many languages of it are made available so that people can verify for themselves this book exists and it does tell people to shun and it has elders making sure that even family members shun their family mm -hmm. you know which is that was a big deal getting the elders manual um online because i know it was um from el other elders that i've talked to they're specifically told to destroy it and or return it um that those are the only options like keeping it if you decide to leave whether it's by just being disfellowshipped or disassociating keeping the manual um, or the elders book in any way is not an option so the fact that it's now online um by things of your website and others like on reddit is fantastic because for many years there was no proof that it even existed 
Yeah, yeah, because I never even heard of it. I never heard of it until I started doing research. And that oh, was wow. another thing for me. I was like, there's an elder manual? They were using an elder manual? Because I thought when I was disfellowshipped, it was just some rogue elders getting a bit ahead of themselves. <laughs> it was, wasn't until I read the elder manual and saw that actually there's this thing called the five-year rule. And the five-year rule is, is if you have committed, a, committed an act, right, and you get disfellowshipped for it, and then you're reinstated and you commit the same act within that five-year period, you're going to be disfellowshipped irrespective of whether you're you're um, you're sorry for your, your crime. You know, and that's what happened to me. See, I was disfellowshipped in 1997 for fornication, and then I got reinstated in 1998. And then I was disfellowshipped again in 2001 for the same thing, fornication. Mm-hmm. So... Because it was within the five-year period, the book says, well, it shows that he, he he's not really repentant. But that's a bit bullshit because you can always lapse. But where does the five years come from? There's nothing biblical. Yeah, it's such a random number to pick. Yeah. Like, why five? To, to me, the five years comes from the same thing as well. You have, you know how in, in business, you have five years where you buy a buy maybe a vehicle. That vehicle is is has a five-year shelf life in that you have five years that the money for that is is, is is worth five years and after that it's worth nothing and this seems to be the same thing with their 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 law on um on sin that it's uh it depreciates over time so that if you last the five years then after that actually the, the sin is worthless now so you, you can you can be sorry after five years it's a bit ridiculous but that's to me that seems to be the case or it seems to be the reason behind it because i can't find anything biblical that talks about five years it doesn't say well you know moses um had to uh, destroy a bunch of members because between now and five years before that they committed the same sin again so they were destroyed by the old <laughs> oh my it's god a bit, it's it's so ridiculous but that's what they have a five-year rule and the only reason i was able to find that is because of having the elder manual and policy letters and going through them and discovering that so you'll actually find that yeah i don't think I've, i don't think i've ever heard that um yeah do a search on the boy hmm. gw for the five-year rule just to read up on it yeah i think i saw it on the site but i didn't click and read that one i think i got um too distracted by the rabbit hole of your extremely detailed um conviction page i oh that that hurt my chest i mean it's it's not that it's surprising because nothing should surprise us anymore um but it's that it confirms any it squashes any argument that it's just one bad apple because it's such a long list. Yeah. And it's not even it's not even ex- exhaustive in the sense of it is quite exhaustive but it's not ex- it's not a full list. Yeah. There's a lot missing and there's still more that I suppose should be added <laughs> but it's yeah it's it's not but yeah you know Jehovah's Witnesses are just as as uh, crime laden as any other religious group you know they like to say that they're great and that they don't have this problem don't have that I remember going to an assembly in 2019 actually it was a convention in London 
Um, I, I, t I turned up, I dressed up as a Jehovah's Witness and I even had a lapel badge that, uh, that the Jehovah's Witness had given to me. Nice, very thorough. And, and I went in and sat down because I hadn't been in a convention in, well, in 18 years and I sat down and watching this and it was surreal in one sense watching these big screens. I was like, this is like Big Brother. I feel like I'm in 1984. <laughs> and... Uh, but he was talking about, uh, you know, we don't have the problem of uh, divorce or any of that sort of thing. And I'm just thinking, wow, you really think that? The only reason you think that you don't have a problem with divorce is because anyone that's divorced, you disfellowship the poor, at least one of the the the, mm -hmm. uh, the members so that you think that there is no divorce. Yeah. <laughs> but there's always serious divorce within Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, in fact, um, you know, I, I'm married myself and I have um, I have a lot of friends that are not JWs and all of them are still married and none of them are divorced. And yet the only divorces I know in my area are Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, <laughs> I know at least two in, in one of the congregations I was in. And yet I don't know, I don't have any friends that are divorced. Yes, there are people with marriage, probably people that are, are separated and there are divorces. But within my circle of friends, none are divorced. And it's just in the Jehovah's Witnesses that I know personally of divorcing. <laughs> You know, Coincidence? So no. <laughs> no, it's not because it's they not. get married too young. You know, they all get married at 19 or 20. Exactly. This is crazy. I mean, I didn't get married until how old was I? I was over 30. Um, it was 2012. So where are we now? Uh, so 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. So I was 35. You know, <laughs> so it's. Yeah. It's, you know, it's. um. And I find that, the, you know, you have to be a little bit older before you get married than getting married so young because, you know, you, you know don't who you know are. I definitely yeah. didn't. And men, men especially are, are very immature and really don't know who they are, what they want. You know, even I remember going out with a girl in the Jehovah's Witnesses and there's then a pressure from the elders to be inspecting you. It's nearly like the inspection of the relationship. Really? And just going, this is just nuts. And in fact, I think the elder that was doing it, he was actually one of the elders that disfellowshipped me. I think he just wanted to do it because he was in a wheelchair and sure, he couldn't have he couldn't have sex anyway. I remember going actually to, um, you know, we were at, at a friend's and he decided to turn up and he said, look, Jason, I'm going to turn up. I'm going to have a chat with herself first and then have a chat with you afterwards. Um, and he went off in the car with her. And I was thinking about that. That's not actually appropriate. No, uh, it's, uh, a, a man should not be in the car on his own with a girl. And she was a very attractive young girl, you know, and I just felt that he was just wanted to enjoy having the time with this girl on his own. That's um, really yeah, there was no, It was only afterwards I was like, this guy is quite seedy. He's instead, so I don't want to Yeah. He was, uh, he, wa he, was, he wasn't um, someone that I look back on fondly when I was in the cult, you know? Yeah. No, and, there's, and that's the thing with, you know, like you said, your site is not naming literally every single one. It does have quite a bit. Um, but it's it's a weird thing that they do there where they make it seem like because this is the one true religion and everybody's got everything you know perfect and tidy that this is the only place where no one gets divorced no one gets abused that no one is suspicious no one has ulterior motives and that's not true we're still imperfect people and it's being led by imperfect people and there are gross people in the congregations as well but they 
like to think that that's not the case. But the, I think that's the biggest problem with Jehovah's Witnesses is to present a facade of that. Oh, look at us. We're a clean organization. We have elders that make sure it's kept clean. And out there in the world, everyone is evil and bad and, and you know, doing X, Y and Z. When the truth is, it's not. That's not the case. People are not that bad. <laughs> when you actually are out there, you actually go, actually, people aren't as bad as you weren't. I wish I wish the world. <laughs> yeah. you, do, you know, when you're a young person, you think oh it would be great but they're, but they're not as um as bad you can't get into the, the the sex drugs and rock and roll as quickly as you thought no you as they made out to be and the dramas at the convention or the yeah. young people yeah. ask videos it, it doesn't work the way that they make it out to be <laughs> yeah it would be great if, if i had that kind of pressure you know where a hot chick comes on to you and goes hey Jay, you know what you want to do oh what oh, my god the pressure yeah. I was under. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing yeah i don't know where they got yeah. these examples from I, yeah. I i mean it's not that it's unheard of ever in life i'm sure it's happened to someone <laughs> but it's like it's not the rule that's the exception not the rule. It, it is exactly it yeah. doesn't actually happen yeah. that way i think in fact it makes you very ill prepared for to come out in the world but not in the way that they think it makes you ill prepared because you now have like abandonment issues because of the shunning and you don't maybe you don't have higher education because they you know they put an x to that so it makes you ill prepared for the world but they they just talk about the drugs and the sex and the peer pressure and it's in fact it's like the people that leave the, the cult and you know struggle it hasn't it has nothing to do with that it's other things that the cult screwed us up on it is, yeah. But um, just as you were talking there, I was just thinking, well, the whole system is set up to make you fail um, mm -hmm. if, if you were to leave us. You know, so if you, for example, you, you're a very good Jehovah's Witness, all your friends are Jehovah's Witnesses, you've been doing all, everything good, you've been studying, you've been praying, you've done all the rest, but maybe you, you mess up and you end up getting disfellowshipped. Well, you know, you... You, if your whole circle is Jehovah's Witnesses, there is no hope for you out there in the world, as to say, you know, because you have no structure. You need the structure of some kind of um, friends and, and companionship that you lose completely when you leave the Jehovah's Witnesses or when you're kicked out of Jehovah's Witnesses. And it's very hard to make that friendships. It's easier when you're younger, but if you're older, it's not so easy at all. And then you you end up having to go back, or you might have to go back, even if you may not believe it. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole thing. It's set up to fail, and then it's it's set up in in a way as well that even if you if you if you really don't believe and you try hard, sometimes you'll struggle and you struggle with anxiety, with uh, with uh, depression, and even with uh, suicide ideation and all the rest. And you know, when things go bad, maybe you get involved in drugs or maybe other things, you know, mm -hmm. that might be unfortunate for your own circumstances. It's like, oh, look at him now, see, or look at her, see her, look at she's all down and she's she's got no job, she's, she's <laughs> homeless, she's all the rest. Yeah, mm -hmm. you set that up. I mean, you talk about love, but there is no love because there is no support. Love is about support. It's about caring for someone. If you cut a person off completely, there is no love. There is love yeah. is the whole thing about giving support. But if there is none, if your whole thing is just, oh, you must return to Jehovah. Well, that's just a cop out. 
you know, that's just you trying to say, well, this religion is needed for you to be able to be anyone. No, you don't need religion to be anyone. You can be the like, if that was the case, then the whole world would be actually uh, mm -hmm. a failure, a complete other failure. But the world isn't a complete failure. In fact, it's the world that gets us the, the rights and and all the that ensures that we can be prosperous in some way or another. You know, even Jehovah's Witnesses, they rely on the government to kind of help them with their religious rights. You know, what if we didn't have the Universal Declaration of Human Rights? You know, that's allowed them, give them the freedoms that they have. It even gives them the freedom to shun. Yeah. You know, that's and amazing. tax write-offs. <laughs> yeah, that they wouldn't have if they didn't have religious freedom, which comes from the world. It doesn't come from Jehovah's Witnesses. That's true. Mm. I mean, that's kind of, that's not just, uh, that's not unique to Jehovah's Witnesses either. It's lots of controlling, high control religions do that, where they do kind of set you up to not be able to succeed without them. Whether even if you're, you can be successful with your job, for example, like you said, you, you become unsuccessful emotionally and mentally because you're without everyone that you know, you know, unless you've, for me, I was living a double life my entire time being in the religion that when I did leave, I had some idea and some connections out here that I wasn't completely by myself. It was still very, very hard, um, but I had some friends and that kind of held me over until I really had some concrete relationships. But for those that didn't have a double life like me, or they didn't have um, relatives like you that were out, then they're really, really by themselves and they have no one. So even if you can get a great job or you don't become a drug addict, you're still, <laughs> still by are. yourself, yeah. you know, and, you and that's tough. Or even worse, if you're someone that's a parent and your children are still in the cult. So I'm yeah. not a parent, but I, I imagine that that's harder than any relationship loss is to leave. And then you have to have the guilt that you you're the reason your kids are even in that cult. And now you've left and they're still there. Actually, yeah, because I have two ch two children, you know, um, and my mom initially would have been talking to, to me. Um, it was only when I announced that I was getting married, she actually cut me off completely, which I think is a little bit ironic and That's very kind of contradictory in one sense. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, I was living a life of sin and now I'm not living a life of sin. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I should not have been the other way around. Anyway, <laughs> she was... Um, she was uh, meeting with my my wife would bring the kids to visit her and, and they'd they'd have she spent a day out with them and whatever but then it got to the point where she was actually starting to shun my wife even though my wife has never been a jehovah's witness and has no connections mm -hmm. to jehovah's witnesses in any state of form and uh, it was upsetting my wife so i then messaged my mom and i said look you have to uh, you have to end, end this look can you have some conversation because marilyn feels that she's been shunned so my wife went out to visit my mom and, and my sister and her husband and she brought the kids with her and I thought, oh, this is great. They'll have a good conversation and they'll be able to resolve all the issues that they have and things can continue. Anyway, it didn't, didn't work out. She came back in tears and she goes, Jason, I don't know what it is wrong with your family, but why? what is wrong with them she said they can't even see where they're going weird she says they said to me i don't understand because 
I'm not indoctrinated into the religion to understand how shunning is supposed to be acceptable. They are saying that I need to accept that shunning is a, is, is, is a legitimate way to treat people. It is not. And they said, I just don't understand. I said, I do understand. What I don't understand is I don't understand their beliefs. Yeah. And they want me to be indoctrinated into their beliefs and then I'll accept shunning as being a normal behavior. It was actually a wake-up call for me because up until that point, I never really looked at it like that. And I go, wow, you actually make a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've never looked at it like that. It is kind of, uh, you have to be indoctrinated to make it seem normal. And we always looked at it as being a normal behavior. Yeah. Yet at the same time, if anyone questioned us, that wasn't a Jehovah's Witness, uh, we'd nearly deny it or just avoid talking about it. And my mum and my sister would still be like that, that they avoid talking to my family. Like my uncle challenged them on it and they just shut down. He goes, Jason, it was weird. They just stopped talking to me. They, they're now nearly shunning me. <laughs> I says, yeah, yeah, that's just the way they go because yep. <laughs> they know it's wrong. They know it's wrong. But cognitive dissonance means they have to shut down completely. Mm-hmm. But um, so after that, I text my mom. I said, look, from now on, if you want to have a relationship with my children, you have a with me and with my wife and the kids, not just them. I do not want them growing up thinking that it's acceptable to shun. It is not an acceptable behavior and it's not going to be tolerated in this house. And that was the end of that. I never, my mom has never seen my kids since. So that was, that's 10 years now. Yeah, about 10 years. My, my, my son is now 12 and my, my daughter is 15. She hasn't seen them since. Yeah, yeah, completely and utterly. Um, she, I think she thought I might fold. Yeah, <laughs> the, good luck. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 you know, what I find a, a bit insulting really is that my mom, when she became a Jehovah's Witness, my grandmother, who was a staunch Catholic, uh, started shunning her. She said, Look, you're not coming to my house while you're involved with that silly cult. And um, then after about I don't know, was it six months? She just says, oh, look, come back. Look, if you want to be with them, be with them. I'm not going to pressure you. You you, you lead your own life, you know. But on the other hand, my mom can't see that she's, she's behaving the exact same way as her grandmother did, you know. So when another religion does it to Jehovah's Witnesses, it's persecution. But when Jehovah's Witnesses do it to others, it's um, a loving provision. <laughs> yes. Wow. You know, I'll have to remember that uh, the next yeah. chat I have with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> but that it is. It's persecution when it happens to them, but it's a loving provision when they do it to others. And that's the that's the most disgusting part about the religion, I find. It's just the hypocrisy in it. Mm-hmm. You know. And you know the ones at the top, the leaders, are the mo- know it more than anyone else, and they know exactly what they're at. You know, even my mom said to my sister, "Look, you know, she's a staunch believer, and and she's caught in in a pathetic cycle in that the religion tells her she has to shun, shun, but she really misses her son." You know, um, and she said to my sister, my non JW sister, and she said, she, she says, uh, "Do you think Jason would?" Um, would ever forgive me if the watchtower came out and said that they can talk to family again mm. you know that's where she is that's the that's where she is in her mind is that the watchtower has to tell her what she can and can't she's do. still waiting for permission and she's hoping one day that the watchtower will change their stance on shunning not the bible 
just the Watchtower explaining oh, what the Bible is. Oh, good call called. out. Yeah. You know, so it's it's the gospel of the Watchtower. It's what my mom follows. Um, and they know that. They know exactly what they're doing and they know, and, and that's why they uh, are anonymous in the Watchtowers, because they don't want any responsibility. They want full control, but they want absolutely no responsibility for the control they have over their adherence. And that's why they go into court and say, look, everyone has their own personal choice to right, make. Right, right. <laughs> bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And they know it. And they're, Excuse my language. Oh, no, you're fine. It, they're also, the instructions that they give out is just vague enough that they could cover themselves that way. They could say, well, we say that, you know, you should be careful with you, who you associate with because it could lead to them stumbling you. Um, but they kind of steer away from saying in black and white, don't ever talk to your son again. Like it doesn't say, don't talk to Jason anymore. It just says you should be very careful who you let in your house and who you talk to because they can become a stumbling block for you. And we would hate to lose you because you're talking to people that don't love Jehovah the way you do. You know, it's just vague enough, but it's it's still very understood, you know, to an outsider reading the article. They'd say, well, it doesn't say that, but we all know that that's what it means. Yeah, although there is a watchtower from 2000 and. 12, I believe, that um, that talks about uh, shunning and that it, that you should shun um, your family. You know, does it say um, the word shun? It's, is it the word shun? Um, I'll have to find it. It's um, it's it's the April 15, 2012 Watchtower. I think pages uh, 15 and 16, maybe 16, 17. Um, what year? Uh, 2012. So April 15, 2012 Watchtower to find it yeah and there's a there's a paragraph there where they talk about a son who uh, who had who had been shunned for um 10 years and he apparently was glad that they had shunned him for that period because if they hadn't he may never he, just a, a few moments talking to him would have been sufficient for him you know so they're saying that oh, in other words please. you know the power suggestion really <laughs> is that in other words that uh, if they gave him even a moment, he wouldn't have ever come back to Jehovah's Witnesses. But because they cut him off completely and utterly and never had any association in any form with him, it was the driver to bring him back. back. So, you know, that shows as well that it's not about believing. It's about being in, you know, being in. Which I find is, is great in one sense because it forms, it causes a cancer in the religion. Because really, if you're only if you're only maintaining your numbers through shunning, there's a lot of those in the religion that are in it only because they don't want to be shunned, and that causes a cancer. Because it, what it happens is the the more you grow, and the more you you continue with the shunning, is it creates cracks, and those cracks then are the leaks that we get, and it, it shows that people will just go. This is nonsense, but look, I'm a, uh, I'm an elder. I get all this documentation. I'm going to share with people. Oh, look, we got this letter here. Look, this is what it says. And that's why people like me and many others are able to uh, access these documents, you know, like uh, the elder manual. It's because there's plenty of elders that are awake. So there is a cancer in the organization, and, it's, and, and it works in our benefit, not theirs. So, yeah, continue the shunning. <laughs> They're, only <harming> themselves. <laughs> They're only harming themselves in the long run. Yeah, I I hope that 
people that are in that are questioning it um, before they exit they they stop destroying the documents um, I did that I, I know a lot of people that have but in hindsight I wish I didn't I wish I didn't throw away the books um, because of my fear now is is that as years go by and they kind of clean up after themselves it'll be really hard to find more and more of like what it used to say in older books and I had some like vintage books like that predate my my life even being born that I had gotten from older witnesses that I just was keeping in my you know as I'm an antiquer anyway so I like collecting things and so I kept (laughs) hold of it and then when I left I just thought garbage and I wish I hadn't done that yeah you know what I'm uh, there's a lot of links of the old books that were on the Void JW that are broken but we're working to restore them and hopefully we'll have them up in the, the next coming in the coming months. Um, that's both books and magazines. That'll go back to the whole uh, to uh, back to the eighteen hundreds literally. Um, there's loads, there's loads that even people have never even heard of. Um, also there is a website, it's JWS online. I don't know if you've heard of that. JWS online. JWS dot online. But that person has uh, created a website where it's all he's taken, he or she has taken the um, the text from the PDFs and made them in the same way as if you went on to Watchtower Online. You know, Watchtower Online, mm-hmm. the um, the text for, format of uh, the content. He's done the same, but his goes all the way back to the 1800s. Um, so I gave him full access to all the the publications on the boy JW um, so that he could actually improve his because I knew he had a lot but he didn't have enough so I sent him all that um, there's a link at the very bottom of, of JW.org in the footer you'll see JWS online if you click on there it'll bring you to that uh, website it's a very good, really good website okay I'll have to look that one up too See, there's so many websites. This is the great thing about uh, XJW activism is that there are so many websites. And, you know, Watchtower, they can try and shut sites down, but there's always another one to pop up. And if there's not a website to pop up, there's a podcast to pop up. And if there's not a podcast, there's a YouTube channel, you know. And there's a lot 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 of activists doing their little bits in their own little corners. So it's nearly impossible for Jehovah's Witnesses these days to hide uh, and to, to, to protect themselves from mm-hmm. uh, the criticism that's being pushed at them. And that's what shunning does as well. It creates a massive amount of criticism. Like, to give you an idea, if you went down to Reddit, right, and you went to ex-Catholics, mm-hmm. you'll find that there's only about five to 10,000 of even that, of it, people that call themselves ex-Catholics. Because Catholics don't shun their former members. You can just stop being a, jo- a Catholic and off you go. But if you go on to Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, there's a huge number. And you know, there's more Mormons than there are Jehovah's Witnesses, so probably you'll probably see more ex-Mormons than you'll see ex-JWs. But ex-JWs are standing at around 88,000 uh, on Reddit. Mm-hmm. That shows, you know, for a religion of, of 8 million, 88,000 is a huge number. You know, that means one in a hundred is criticizing the religion. Yeah. That's huge. You know, 1%. And, you know, we don't know the total number of XJWs. I mean, there's an awful lot that are, 
you know, physically out, but they're mentally in. Like I was, I was mentally in for about 30 years. Um, but so there's an awful lot of those. But when they wake up, and there is a huge like, likelihood of them waking up because as the numbers of critics increase, it's invariable that those that were like me, that they be, that they were still believers, they'll suddenly come, actually we're being lied to. And they'll see all the evidence and they'll just wake up too. And then they become critics. So this is this is counterproductive. Shunning is counterproductive for Jehovah's Witnesses because there's an awful lot of XJWs that would kind of go, you know what, if there was no shunning there and I can enjoy my family, uh, and friends without having to discuss religion I'd be happy out I wouldn't say anything bad about the religious group you know they're they're free to believe whatever they want and so it's it's um it's long short term it might work long term I think it's going to have a detrimental effect on the religious group yeah I hope so I would hope that all of this you know activism and speaking out about things that are painful um there's a benefit that this comes to this comes to the person that's looking for answers and, and is trying to confirm that they're not alone. And it also um, people that are speaking out about assaults that they've gone through or pain that they've gone through, people are held accountable and it's hard because, you know, you have the statute of limitations and I understand that, but I still hope that it comes to something that it's not just us talking to the ether and nothing comes from it. Well, if you look, I mean, to give you some positives, if you look at what happened in Australia, first of all, we saw that, that you know, they, they nearly got away with not even having to attend the, the Australian Royal Commission. We discovered that there's actually 1,006 uh, perpetrators of child abuse there, you know, and that was became very public. And another thing that became very public is that they didn't want to even apologize for it or join the redress scheme. And, and you know, even though they admitted that they do shun uh, child abuse victims, you know, so it just showed the, the, the hate that they have towards former members, especially those that speak out. And, and invariably, those who have been abused are more likely to speak out um, because of what they've gone through. Right. So there's that. Then in the Netherlands, you had them with the child abuse and, and the raid on their religious group and uh, their shunning. That, that got some publicity as well. That has not gone down favorably for them in, in the Netherlands. Then in Norway, sure, they've lost their, their um, they lost their funding for 2021, um, and they might in fact lose the registration. The the government is looking at losing the registration. They've they've put in um, a response to that, and I guess we we'll find out what they. The Jehovah's Witnesses have said, but basically the government said, "Have you stopped shunning children? Um, <laughs> if not, then you're 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 going to lose your registration." So that's a big thing uh, for the religious group to lose their registration. It's kind of it's kind of just a it's not really a big deal in one sense, but it's a big deal in another sense. It's a big deal because it gives you a lot more rights and a lot more. Uh, benefits such as getting funding but if you lose your registration you can't even um, perform a, 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 a legal marriage in your kingdom hall uh, wow. you'd have to do one there but then you'd have to go down to the courthouse or to the registry office and do a formal one there which is a bit of a pain for people mm -hmm. trying to get married and then you don't get funding because if you're not registered you don't get funding so that's two big things that would be a problem for Jehovah's Witnesses because they get about 1.5 million per year which is wow. a lot of money you know for doing nothing just being a religion 
you know, so the shunning is having an impact there. And then in Spain, you know, they're they're going after this group called the victims that I mentioned earlier. But the publicity surrounding that is not in their favor. Um, you know, and if they lose this, that's detrimental to them because it could have a knock-on effect because if they're shown that actually, you know what, you're, you're going to lose this because you actually do cause victims and you do cause harm. Yes. Well, and because it's getting so much publicity, governments don't just kind of look away. They don't. They look and they, they'd be looking at this and going, okay, we do have an issue here. We, we've, we've registered this religion. It got registered in, in what the year was, I think it was 2007. And we're saying that they... Um, that they're, they're harming members and we're allowing that. Maybe we should look at deregistering them too. So it could have a counter effect on them, despite whatever is going on elsewhere. You know, they do, like religions do have in their favor human rights scholars, you know, who will always be in favor of religion despite how harmful they are. And we're always going up against that. And we'll always have to go up against that. Um, it doesn't seem that we have. Uh, religious scholars that are in favor of uh, um, stopping or prohibiting religions behaving the way they do even if that behavior is harmful so yeah so you have the likes of Massimo you know who's always at the forefront of Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> and, and even spews lies and even actually says things they say you'd nearly think he's been spending an awful lot of time and then also I believe he's also getting paid by them how much is he getting paid for me I think he's getting he's he's found a niche market for himself you know because to to benefit to to defend religious groups no matter what they are no matter how harmful they are you know if you have someone like that who's willing to do that I'm sure you're going to throw money at them and say look can you say this for us can you go to the government here and go to the ECH here ECH or here for us and just say things in our benefit despite this shunning you know and sure he says an awful lot of things promoting the shunning and saying shunning isn't even as bad as you think it is uh. when you know what, what are we does our voice mean nothing because we're not scholars you know and that's 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 the fight we'll always have but saying that I think we are making ground I think things are going in our favour and the greatest um, detriment to the shunning is the publicity of it and showing the harms that it has caused and I think by calling ourselves victims also helps our case and I think that's one of the great things in in Spain that they did set up an organization join together and call themselves victims yeah you're going to have to fight this sort of stuff but the only reason they're fighting this in in Spain is because the constitution article 18 which is what the Jehovah's Witnesses are focusing on is saying that what what these victims are doing is unconstitutional so Maybe it's a constitutional change that needs to happen because people, you know, because maybe it's in conflict with free speech because you have a right to say that I'm a bit, you're a victim if you are a victim. Because to say that you're not a victim would nearly be saying, well, then child abuse victims aren't victims um, yeah. if they were harmed by a, by a, a paedophile, you know, because, you know, it, 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 it affects their honor. <laughs> You know, because that's really what Jehovah's Witnesses are saying. We we can harm these people, but you know, uh, and and they're not victims. They can never be victims because you know it it, it affects our honor. Um, and you know, this is the most ridiculous thing about us. So, I'm hoping they lose. Um, I can't see how they'd win, unless the judge is just some crazy 
pro-religious note. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, I think it, my fear comes from when you have a lot of money, which the organization definitely does, that money pays people off all the time. And so that's kind of my fear. Maybe, but the the, the lawyer for this group is uh, an expert on cults. So they do have a good lawyer uh, representing them. That's good. So, yeah. Ugh. So we'll see. We'll see. Good luck to them. I, I mean, I feel like other countries are having a lot more success than America is. Yeah, America, I mean, even Americans, it's kind of crazy because there's even in the Washington Times yesterday was an article about uh, some, or was it Friday, but some, some they, they were speaking out about Tajikistan and there's some 70-odd-year-old guy, a Jehovah's Witness in prison there. And I'm thinking, right, this is one singular guy. Right, it's unfortunate that he's in prison for his beliefs. I don't think anyone should be in prison just simply for believing whatever they believe. Even if they believe in shunning, I mean you shouldn't be in prison just because you believe something. It's ridiculous. Uh, It's another thing if you're practicing something that's harmful, yeah, then you should go to prison because beliefs are absolute. Practices are not. So I do think it's it's wrong to be imprisoning Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, But, you know, why look at this singular case when you think of all of these thousands of ex-JWs that are being shunned, that are being deprived of their rights to family? You know, that's essentially what we are. We're being deprived, and the only reason we can get our family back is by joining the religion. But that goes against our human right, and that goes against the, the... Article uh, 18 of the Universal Declaration because we have a right to leave our religion if we so wish. And we have a right not to have a religious belief if we so wish. You know, and but yet Jehovah's Witnesses um, don't allow us that right. In fact, they, the rights, they only look at the rights one way, as in that we have a right to believe and no one yeah. should, be, should be able to uh, criticize that. But the only reason we're criticizing it is because our rights are being infringed. I mean, I'd love to have my right to be able to talk to my mom and sister again, you know, because that's my right. Um, And why should it be prohibited? Because I no longer believe what they believe. Yeah. And it's very different if you did not have a desire to talk to them. Let's say they were horrible people or you just didn't get along. You didn't have an interest in talking to them or vice versa. They don't have any interest in talking to your children. But it's not that. It's you want to have a relationship with your family and they want to have a relationship with you. And the only reason it's not happening is because of a difference of belief. Yes, and that's that's the key thing there. Yeah, we have a right to be able to not talk to anyone. If I wanted not to talk to any of my brothers and sisters, that's my right, but that has nothing to do with religion or their beliefs. That's right. just could be just because of differences of opinion or maybe we were harmed by them by for one reason or another. I'm not saying I'm harmed by any of my brothers and sisters. I'm just right. using that as an example. Exactly. But, you know, yeah, and that's very different by from a religion saying you are not allowed to talk to your son because he is no longer Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. You know, because they are bound by the same law as every other member of the congregation when they announce Jason Wynne is no longer one of Jehovah's Witnesses. They're bound by the same uh, meaning that that's... Uh, extols when when they, they announce us yeah and, and it's not it's not as if they're making that decision on their own they're being directed to do that yeah and i believe as well that in my case um you know i did used to go visit my mom in fact my mom had issues and uh, i had actually contacted the elders when i was still a believer yet i was out and i said look you're gonna have to let me visit my mom and they said okay we'll get back to you 
And then they came back and said, actually, you can go and visit your mom once every six, uh, every eight weeks. Um, and so then that was the case. Why? I used to go visit what? my mom every eight weeks. How did they pick that out of? I, I, I'd like to ask the, the branch in, in London how that came about, but that's what they gave them. And this is this is another problem for them, Chev, is because they have said that they have said that I'm no longer Jehovah's Witness. Yet they have had a very direct uh, bearing on my life and on the life of my mother, despite me apparently not being a Jehovah's Witness. I believe that's also one of the biggest issues they have with me, um, with regards to avoid JW, for them to go into court and claim that I'm no longer Jehovah's Witness. Yet at the same time, having an impact on my life. Uh, directly, uh, they that's something they don't want to go down. I think they they're terrified. I think you know, like they they've gone to court with these guys in in Spain. What has this Spain, Spanish group got done as much as what Avoid JW has done? Avoid JW has done more harm to Jehovah's Witnesses than any other website I think on the on the planet uh, by virtue of the fact that it's putting out their secrets right out there hanging them out to dry you know all the dirty stains are right there for everyone to see and it's extremely embarrassing and i believe it's because of what has happened over the years they have nothing that they can pin on me and yet they know that if they go into a courtroom with me i'll crucify them yeah that's a very good point how can you have so much have your hand so involved in a non-jehovah's witness life like it's weird how much it's frustrating and not weird, but very frustrating how much that cult still plays a factor into my everyday life, whether it's because of trauma and PTSD or just the division in my relationships with people that I love. And it shouldn't. I should be un- completely unaffected by it anymore. It's been almost 10 years. I should it should be a thing of the past. But every single day goes by. I'm still affected by it because I've lost everyone because of it. Yeah, I, I think that's that's it for all, all of us, isn't it? It's it's not like, you know, it's kind of like a debt. All, but all of these people died at the same time, yet we weren't able to bury them. See, if we yeah. had bur- if we were able to bury them, we have some closure. But there's no me- there's no means for us to bury them when they're all walking around. <laughs> you know, you could grieve them and on you go, but you can't. You can grieve, but your grief is is unrelenting. And I think what makes it even worse is that right. You- you'll never probably see them in this world living and then they pass away and then you still don't have closure so you're you know anyone that's where a parent or a friend or a a brother or sister or a a son or daughter that has died uh shunning them there is no closure it's it's that's what makes this so disgusting it's absolutely disgusting what to do and to say that it's a loving provision there's nothing loving about shunning someone i mean there's no example in the bible of people shunning anyone you know if it was so if it was such a biblical teaching they'd show it but they don't you know they quote first uh, corinthians 5 13 and say uh do not uh you know do not even eat with such a man but they don't say shun him say do not eat with him and then you know they, I think they, they were going to extremes because then Paul had to send the second letter to them. And in the second letter, chapter six, he clarifies things. He says, look, don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. He says, uh, you know, he's sad. You've saddened him. He's saddened himself, but he kind of wants to come back. So welcome him back. 
don't be going too mad. But and, and there's only there's not much time going between the first letter and the second letter. But Jehovah's Witnesses never look at Second Corinthians six. They only look at Second Corinthians six after um, you know as as something related to how they do their um, their uh, you know your the reinstatement. But it has nothing to do with the reinstatement. It's talking about that they have to. It's the action they have to do, not the action the man has to do. You know. Interesting. So. You know, like for most of us, like you and I and most other XJWs, we're not even sinning. You know, I'm, I'm married 10 years and I have two kids. Where, where, where's my sins? <laughs> right. You know what? Well, well, you know, we, we just live a normal lives. You know, we're not obsessed with sex and drugs and smoking and drinking right. and all this sort of stuff. We have, we've matured and we've just done normal things. Because in fact, most people that are, do, are all, we'll say the, the immoral life, the immoral life is is mainly people young just kind of exploring themselves and For trying the to explore time. the world yeah. and get to know themselves and the world. Because they never you know, had the opportunity prior. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's it's all part of growing up. It is. You know, yeah. but the religion tries to hamper that and it has an absolute obsession with it. So most people that are um, disfellowshipped are young people. Mm-hmm. You know, and most people that are, that you know, that have been disfellowshipped for fornication and all that. Most of them are young people. Um, and the only ones like when they're older are those that maybe are in unhappy lives or have woken up and now their spouse no longer wants to be with them because they've, you know, they've left the religious group. So it's, it's a bit sad that the religion is so focused, uh, has such an obsession with sex because it does yeah. I mean I don't know whether it was like in your congregation but in my congregation there was always talking about you know there was it was so full of young people so there was always the the marriage talk and sex and marriage and all this sex 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 and you can't have it <laughs> <laughs> yes that's so true you know but it's there it's, it's fed 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 we can't have it you know and constant and you just go you're setting us all up to fail I mean, there's so many in my congregation, probably if you look at your own congregation, and so many young people that you knew growing up that have all been scholarship for the same thing. But is yeah. it any wonder when there's so, so, such a focus on us? If the talks didn't talk about it at all, you probably wouldn't give two hoots about it. You know, <laughs> you'd, you'd be focused on other things, like, you know, maybe whatever it is, your hobbies that you're into, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of discussion about it. And again, it's like we talked about at the beginning is that the the they think how what they think happens in public schools or when you go off to college is that there's gonna be a constant rubbing in your face of sex and drugs, and that's just not true. It's the <laughs> kingdom hall more than any place ever in my youth that I yeah. had the topic of sex come up. Yeah, the only time I ever heard sex being t- talked was in um, in uh, in the Kingdom Hall. It was over and over. And yet, when I had my friends, you know, because I, as I was saying to you earlier, I had my worldly friends. The only thing we were interested in was football, going out playing soccer, or and then or have another game, especially in the winter time because it gets very dark here because we're in the northern hemisphere and it gets dark around four or five o'clock. Then we'd have these hide and seek games in the winter time that you'd know you'd hide all over the place and you'd have great fun and that was it 
we weren't into sex and drugs. I mean, so, okay, some of my mates were into get smoking, you know, because when you go into school, into secondary school, smoking seems to be a big thing. Now, I never got involved in the smoke. It wasn't something I ever wanted to do. Uh, in fact, I, got, I took up smoking when I was in, when I was 30 and then gave it up again when I was about 37, 38. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know why I got, took up smoking. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it was because I could, um, you know, and I was like, well, let's just try it out. I never got addicted to it. I just enjoyed it, which was a bit very strange, I guess, because I just, I did it kind of for a social thing. I'd have a smoke when we go out for a pint or a drink. Um, and But then it was like, okay, I need to give it up um, because I, it wasn't doing me any good. And I did, I did when I started activism in 2014, I did find that I started smoking a lot more because I was getting so stressed out and I was getting to a point where it's like, I'm going to get addicted to this. And my wife was, it's okay, Jason, you're going to have to give it up. I said, yeah, but now it's got to the point where I'm when I drink, I need a fag. Mm. That's what we call it, cigarettes fags over here. So uh, I says, um, I says, uh, well, okay, then I'm going to have to give up both. So I gave up both, gave up cigarettes and smokes all at the same time. And I haven't, wow. that was... That was 2016. Yeah, so it's it's over six years now. I've been off the cigarettes and alcohol, and don't miss either. Yeah, no, I am glad. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think that's pretty common um, too, though, of people that leave the the cult replacing one thing with a, yeah with another bad <laughs> thing yeah. and because you're just like you're so used to being obsessive about something or having your time um or your hands figuratively or literally full of something else like if especially like people that were i was never a pioneer but i would imagine like when jehovah's witness pioneers leave the cult they have so much extra time on their hands suddenly yeah. And so they easily and quickly fill it with something else, whether you're obsessive at school or obsessive with cigarettes or obsessive with an art, like, you know, they go deep on something else because they're just so like, oh my God, I have so many hours in the day now. I think there's also another reason. It's like, there's no one looking over your shoulder anymore. Yeah, I think no one, one to tell you great, no. One of the greatest reliefs for me was being disfellowshipped in one sense. Yeah. Because I was always stressed out with Jehovah's Witnesses because I was you could never do enough in Jehovah's Witnesses you are no. never doing enough uh, no. Jason have you ever considered pioneering I like uh, no well why don't you make it a career you should make pioneering a career and then Jason why are you growing a goatee are you being rebellious Jason <laughs> what why are you wearing those kinds of trousers Jason what's wrong why are you wearing a red shirt why aren't you wearing a white, white shirt you know like all the rest of the brothers and sisters you know there was always someone elder picking on you constantly picking on you and that used to stress me out no end because I was trying so hard anyway I didn't need this so you know what's yeah. the point of it why you know you're trying to make the perfect robots but I'm not a robot my personality doesn't allow me I mean I, I if you know my personality I don't follow rules I work for I, I, I actually work for a medical device organization right so we have um we have a lot of um standard operating procedures Right, but I'm always trying to find ways around <laughs> to, to, to follow the rules, or, or or I question them. So what it means for me is a rule to me is to be followed if it makes sense, and I don't follow them if they don't make sense, and I'll never follow them if they don't make sense. Uh, yeah. And I ask that they be changed, and that's happened a lot in my 
company. I've said, this makes no sense. We need to change this. And we'd go ahead and we'd change it because it didn't make sense. But I'll follow a rule if it makes sense. So to me, the beard rule never made sense. So I'd always grow a goatee. Mm. And he said, are you being rebellious? I said, I'm not being rebellious. I said, show me in the Bible where I said, oh, you see, that's the rebellious attitude right there, Jason. And I go, oh. So I was always stressed out, always stressed out and felt pressurized constantly. And I was suffering from depression. But as soon as I got the scholarship, within six months, I was able to get off my um, my my happy pa- tablets. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I haven't been on them since. So I, I was on on um, on tablets from the age of 18 to 24 on happy tablets. And then after six months of being disfellowshipped, I came off them. I was happy. I was no longer needed depression tablets. And I've never had them since. So I put down all my depression to the pressure that you're under within the, the organization. So I think if anyone within the organization is suffering from depression, a good cure of that is leaving the organization. <laughs> <laughs> may not be. It depends on what your depression is caused by. But if yeah. it's caused by pressure, you, you can identify the pressure as being from, you know, never good enough and never doing enough. Well, maybe, just maybe the relief of never having another elder looking over your shoulder what's yeah. the difference between those three bibles oh words just word changes word choice you know yeah yeah they changed some of the wording uh the, i guess there wasn't a huge amount of a difference between the 1970s one and 1984 other than the grammar i think the 1970s was a bit bits old wordy and then they just improved it with 1984 but sure with the 1984 to the 2013 they've changed the wording completely you know they got rid of loving kindness wasn't loving kindness and changed that to loyal love yeah so now it's all about loyal love and loyalty and all that sort of stuff uh you know everything every change is for a reason you know, and I think the 2013 was for a reason. You know, they were coming up on the hundred years, so the deck, the whole century, I should be saying, the whole century of you know the generation that's never to pass away. So the greatest way to kind of uh, distract people is bring out a new Bible. So I think that's really the big thing. Was it came out in 2013, the year before 2014, which would have been the century since. Uh, the 1914 and that generation but you know because we always thought that the generation would be 100 years so it'd be within that 100 year period but sure 2014 came and went and nothing happened the only thing that happened was they created the website you know they revised it in 2014 to the way it is today mm, <laughs> so, which to is me, unimportant yeah jehovah's witnesses are kind of a religion that's gone beyond its used by date but it's still <laughs> now now it's just trying to to you know to it's 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 milk that's curdled so bad they just have to distract people with other things with all these videos you know and and just keep them entertained and have all the kids just focus on the cartoons and have cartoons from jw.org rather than cartoons that they get from the normal tv and be focused on that so that everything is just fed and they're not really thinking about anything so there's been there hasn't been talk about the the generation that will pass away in a long long time you know, if they ever even talk about it again. I mean, this this religion is 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 ridiculous in one sense because the end is always near, and they're always saying it's near, and yet they've been saying it's near near since. You're in the last of the last days. 
Yeah, I mean, I was just reading a book there, uh, one of their books, uh, Babylon the Great Has Fallen, God's Kingdom Rules, right from 1963, I think it was. <laughs> and even that was saying that the end was extremely near now. You know, yeah, six very, years ago. Near, near at hand. Yeah. Oh, and then I read another one that was 1953, which is 70 years next year. Um, and that's a whole that's a whole uh, lifetime. 70 years mm -hmm. is a lifetime, you know, for most people. And um, that one said the end is near at hand. And you're just going, well, how near is near when 70 years can pass by? Yeah. You know. I mean, that's a whole lifetime and you're telling people not to go get an education because the end is so close. Mm -hmm. But it's been so close for the last 70 years at least. And you're telling people not to get an education while you yourself are sending people off. You know, no one's no, no one's career means anything unless their career is in the battle. You know, yeah. they're the only people that have proper careers. You know, where you have people who are computer whizzes and you have... Yeah, uh, if, if have they're being taught a skill like a... That they can but use for yeah. use, use, and, and those were that's why Bethelites really do have proper careers within the organization and learn abilities that they can actually use if they were ever to leave. Yeah, now for those type of people, they'd want to leave when they're quite young. I mean, someone that leaves in his 50s or 60s is kind of screwed, um, you know, because they have nothing, they have they, they have no yeah. money set aside to be able to buy something but if they left quite young you know 25 26 they can make a good life for themselves especially if they learn mm -hmm. a, a proper trade in some form or other you know like like computer programming or something but to your point that's i think that's one of my biggest fears with the like my older sister for example is that i worry that once you get to a certain age um where you've lost so much because of the cult that you have to stay or you feel like you have to stay because if you leave, then what was it all for? What was the point? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I see that. I see that with especially with women. I think that's oh, well for women that never got married. Yeah, I think that's a real problem too. I see that with a lot of sisters in my congregation that never got married, and you you just knew especially in um. The problem in, in Ireland is that there's more women, it's probably the same in the, in the US, especially with Pew Research saying that 65% of them are women. But in Ireland anyways, there's definitely more women than there are men. So men yeah. are always, have, always going to have a, a greater chance of getting married than women would do. You know, and so then you have these women that are left, you know, I, I mean, they've even written articles to kind of encourage women that haven't got married just to, to focus in on Jehovah. But I mean, that's 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 the answer for everything. You know, you feel sick, focus on Jehovah. Uh, you, you're 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 feeling down, focus on Jehovah. You're getting old, focus on Jehovah. You know, you're, you're being bullied at school, focus on Jehovah. Everything is focused on Jehovah. It's, it's basically the, 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 the same things for everything. It's uh, study more, pray more, go out in service, uh, attend meetings regularly, and, and uh, be loyal to Jehovah. That's it. They're the five rules for everything. It's the cure-all for everything. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a bit ridiculous and it's a bit sad because really that's not really a cure for anything. That's mm -hmm. only that that is basically telling you everything you do as long as you keep doing what benefits the organization, aka kingdom interests. Yeah. Talk to my sister, my older sister who's still in the cult. I talked to her briefly at my dad's funeral last year and I had asked her somehow, I don't even know how we got on the topic, but I had asked her about if she wants to have children. And she told me, 
no, I'll have children in the new system because the way, you know, with this being the last days, this is not a time to have a child. And I just thought, you know, she's already, so she's four and a half years older than me. So she's already 35, uh, no, 36 now. So with her already being 36 and her mindset is, don't have children because the end is near. I'll just have children in paradise. Now what happens, you know, if 10 more years goes by, 20 years goes by and you want, she's always wanted to be a mother. And I just thought, oh man, that's gonna be so crushing when she's older and her window of opportunity to have a child is long since passed. And it's very clear that this new system hasn't come. She's gonna have so much regret that she put that off because of what the organization told her. But what if she was living in 1953 and reading just that magazine or that booklet that I just mentioned there? Yeah. That uh, says that the end is so near. And she says, no, I'm going to wait till the new system. She would be 105 years of age. Yes, <laughs> but she didn't right. have any children and she's dead, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's 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 the reality of it. That's what'll happen to her. I mean, it's a fact. It's not. It's not like we have to wonder. Well, right. maybe she's right. Well, it's not. It's not going to happen. It's a yeah. ridiculous notion. Maybe I wouldn't be as sad if I had some sort of a small portion of my mind thought maybe they're right. It's because I know that they're wrong that I look at her with so much pity of like, oh my God, you're throwing your whole life away and what you want in life for something that's not even going to happen, and you're going to blink one day and you're going to be seventy. And everyone else around you is going to have accomplished what they wanted in life. And you didn't because of something that's a, a fictional story. Well, you could look at it as a positive as well, Shep. At least she won't be bringing up children in the cult. Very true. Because I have I have three nephews that uh, don't, don't know me. Um, they kind of heard of me and one, one of them, actually I sat beside one of them at the, at the Kingdom Hall once and um, he goes, who are you? You know, oh. I sit beside him. I go, I'm your uncle. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Your mom is my sister. And the look on his face. Now, oh. he, he was only about six or seven. <laughs> but uh, so but he was drawing. But then he was drawing things and he was showing me them. And I said, that's really cool. And then, then the prayer came on. I can't remember if it was the prayer at the end. Or the prayer at the beginning it was oh it was at the beginning it was at the beginning because i sat down earlier on i came in early and um the prayer came on and i i you know i just don't close my eyes or whatever because it's all bullshit but he <laughs> you know him being a little kid is you know opening his eyes looking around you know kind of and then closing them and then he goes you don't have your eyes closed i says no i don't <laughs> 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 but but it, it's a bit sad because these yeah. guys don't have a relationship with me at all um, and yet they could have you know mm -hmm. and it's not like I'd be an evil uh, uncle to them I wouldn't be I was I was always a good uncle I mean my brothers um, my brothers and my sister um, their kids have always had a good relationship with me you know um, I'm always the one to give them presents and whatever you know and treat them treat and these them ones are just missing out they're missing out you know it's like um it's very sad. I did enjoy that moment with him, having a moment with, with one of them. That especially, and it was kind of interesting that he didn't know me, I, and then to be told, "Oh, 
you're my uncle. So I'm just wondering what my sister would have said to him then. Is, is, is he like the really bad man now? You know, because he doesn't love Jehovah. So yeah. is, is, she, is she then telling him, well, he's going to be destroyed at Armageddon. Villainizing and just you. Going, right, well, I am so glad my kids are not in that toxic environment. My kids have never been brought up with that. You know, now someone asked me before, I know I'm talking a lot of here, but someone asked me before, uh, like, what do you, when, when you don't have a religion, Jason, and you bring up your kids, what do you t- teach them about oh, death? My mother said, I, says, yeah. I says, I have a very good answer to that, and I did it with my daughter, right? Like like you, Chev, um, my dad passed away. My dad passed away um, seven years ago, right? And he used to come out to the house and my kids loved him. They'd be jumping all over him and all the rest. You know, now he was divorced from my mother. Um, and I put it down to partly him, partly the religion. But um, he kind of, life just didn't work out for him, you know, and he ended up uh, passing away. My daughter, she would have been, how old was she been? She would have been at seven or eight then when he, when he passed. And she goes, Daddy, where did Granddad go? And I says, Granddad went into the ground, Emily. He's gone into the ground, and that's where we all go. We go into the ground, and then what happens? I says, then what we do is we make all the flowers beautiful. Yeah. We make them all lovely and beautiful on the top. That's why what we do when we die. So that was that was the end of that, right? She so didn't ask anymore. And then one day we were up at the at the graveyard, and. Um, we just arrived, and then my sis, my my daughter goes, Jane, she goes, Daddy, Daddy, you were right. What? Look at Granddad's grave. It's got loads of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and we had only been up there a few months earlier, planting all these uh, flowers on the on mm. the bed, you know. And so it was just covered in flowers. Oh, oh I, I just started bawling. Do you know the tears just start streaming down my face because it meant something. Yeah. That meant something, and it was real. It's not it's like real. It was a big yes, thing. It's exactly. not like you're going to heaven looking down, or that you're just staying in the grave until uh, some silly paradise fairy world comes along, and then you come up out of the grave. Explain to me how does that work when you're when you're cremated? Uh, <laughs> I've you know, asked that like question when I was little. <laughs> yeah, I asked that question when I was little, and there was a photo in. Um, you know, I was little, so I don't remember what, but it was some article. There was a photo of paradise and it was kind of like this shiny gate, if you will, and light was coming in behind it and all these streams of the sunlight. And my mom just said like, you know, there will be this gate and they, that's where they come through. And I kept asking, but how though, how, if, yeah. if they're now sand, I used to think that that's what it was with sand. If, if yeah. they're now sand, how do they become back to being a whole person? I don't think she ever gave me an answer. But she can't have one because it's not, it can't be the same person. How could yeah. it be the same person? I mean, because all of the the, the fire burnt, destroyed, yeah, absolutely decimated them completely. All that's left is dust. At least if they're in a, in a, in a coffin, maybe all all that's of them is there yeah. uh, you know the bones and whatever and you can you can reconstruct them but uh, how do you get how do they get the coffin out of the ground yeah how do they get out of the I coffin i mean what are you going to yeah how does the you know they're six foot under um yeah. <laughs> and what if they're lost at sea <laughs> <laughs> they walk out from the water i guess or or you know what about children that are, have been miscarried 
do they come do they come back as adults or do they come back as six month babies i mean like how does that work yeah yeah Um, but what if what if the baby was a good person but the mother is going to uh, you know is never going to get resurrection um and but the baby needs that womb Yeah, how does this work? We have. I still have questions. I still have to but, 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 it, but it doesn't make any sense. The, the, no. whole, the whole the whole life cycle makes perfect sense. The whole death and, and uh, deterioration. I mean, everything yes. deteriorates. And I for mean, for giving fertilization to the ground that helps the plants. Like that's science. It's been proven. Yes. Like that's but, a real but, answer. But come out of the planet, right? Because all sin happened on the planet. So let's say, assume, for example, that the whole earth was uh, affected by this girl taking some fruit off a tree. You know, because it was... (laughs) I mean, why would that fruit in a random tree, in a random place on a planet, have anything to do with all the planets and stars out in the Milky Way or even beyond, you know, the whole universe? You know, because suns die. They grow old and die, just mm-hmm. like us. Stars take yeah. a lot longer, but they eventually go supernova, you know, and explode. So, you know, the whole universe is set up to deteriorate and regenerate. At some point. But there yeah. is yeah, but it doesn't recreate itself. As in it doesn't take the sun that was there or the star that went supernova and then create the same sun again. It's a new yeah. star. It's a new, you know. So that's with humans as well. And with the animals, we all die. And yeah. something else will go, will will form instead of us. And that'll keep happening as long as we don't blow ourselves up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's that's pending, I'm sure. <laughs> with, the, with the way and we're even, going. And even if it is, right, let's say the whole world was destroyed by nuclear bombs. Yeah. Eventually, the Earth will regenerate itself because that's what it does. It's, there's no way of stopping it, at least not from a human uh, perspective. The only way that we'd actually be fully and utterly destroyed as a planet is if the sun or when the sun goes supernova and then we're just consumed by it and then you know what then then you just hope maybe life will start on some other planet somewhere else where it's got a hospitable climate but it won't be us it'll be some other other, yeah yeah and they may not be humans there may be things with three eyes you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly But I do have a closing question for you. But before I ask that, did you uh, did you want to discuss anything else about your story or your your wonderful website? No, I think. Oh yeah, you did ask earlier on. You did ask. You did say. You didn't ask, but you did mention about the different names. Yes, uh, that, the acronyms that I had for AVO. Yeah, so I had uh, actively valuing ostracized individuals' discretions. Mm-hmm. Um, advancing veracity, openness, integrity, and due process. And then uh, I had a vault of incriminating documentation. And then the most recent one is assisting victims of ostracism, injustice, and deceit in Jehovah's Witnesses. So, yeah, avoid always means something. And it always means something. And they're all so valid. I think my personal favorite is the advancing for. Wait, advancing, what was the V? Advancing veracity, openness, Openness, integrity, integrity, and due process. I think that's my personal favorite. Is it? Okay. (laughs) Solely because of my, my, my passion for justice getting their, their, their 
time in court and being able to tell their story. And yes, there's YouTubes and podcasts and news articles. And that's, that's great because it brings a light and it gives them a platform to tell their story, but the due process, like it's, I think it's so important that they're allowed to tell their story in court and that for those that can be charged criminally are charged criminally. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But I think the, re the reason I've gone with the most recent one with assisting victims is the victims. I wanted the word victims in there, yes. particularly because Jehovah's Witnesses are going after an organization that has victims in the word. I even set up my home address so that I created a, a website called Victims of Jehovah's Witnesses, b-jw.org. And then I cr I've set up my home address as being called Victims of Jehovah's Witnesses on Google Maps. Nice. <laughs> because I think we have to be calling ourselves victims. And if we all set up our own home addresses that's called Victims of Jehovah's Witnesses, what can Watchtower do? Get all of these tens of thousands of XJWs that actually regard themselves as victims. Because I regard myself as a victim. I'm a victim of shunning. I'm a victim of injustice. And I'm a victim of deceit. That's how yeah. I see myself. So I think we all are. We've all been victims of, or especially XJWs, we're victims of ostracism. And for those who have gone through the judicial process, a lot of us have, have feel that we an injustice has been done to us. And then when they're hiding rules and policies that they use against us, well, that's deceitful. Yeah. You know? So and then you add in like the the medical abuse as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you know, with the whole, uh, even with the blood transfusions, mm -hmm. you know, like if you have a blood, if you have a blood transfusion, well, because maybe you had no choice, it was either that or die. Yeah. Because in many situations where you do need a blood transfusion, you may die. Yeah. Um, especially if you're losing blood profusely or if it's cancer related. So, you know, and if you take one, then you're going to be disfellowshipped. Or oh, they call it disassociation, but there's no difference between disassociation and disfellowship. Same mm -hmm. thing, they fill out the same form and it's filed the same way and you're treated the same way and the same announcement is made. So they're only words, they mean nothing, but they, the practice is identical. So therefore, dis disassociation, disfellowship, same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're being you're being penalized. You're actually they're telling you you should die, or we'll take everyone you love away from you. That's really what they're saying with the blood transfusion policy. Yeah, and it's not their place. They're no. they're not doctors, and they're and everybody's body and situation is so unique that no and one. Why, why are they being judges, Chef? Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. But why are they being judges? I mean, it's God not going to judges on the last day. Why do we need judges? We don't yeah. need judges. Yeah. You know, even if we are wrong, if we do wrong and whatever, so so be it. You know, um, God's going to judge us. But it's this obsession with trying to keep the congregation clean. It's like if we don't do this, then every every bad person will join our group. So be it. Let them if they if they get comfort out of it. In fact, if you if you're still preaching the same thing without the judgment. You mm -hmm. might actually have a better result, but yeah. I think it's their whole, it's that imperfect attitude, the imperfect view that they have towards uh, uprightness and righteousness. It's, it's it actually is counterproductive because what they end up doing is creating them. Oh, it's very, it's a very toxic environment for themselves and for everyone else. Yeah, I don't think they see it that way, but. 
<laughs> no, 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 true. they don't. Because, but that's because they want to control. They want to make sure that everyone is good and everyone is is behaving a certain way. Which, you know, the whole point of the Old Testament was to show that that doesn't work. That's why they had all those rules and regulations. And then the whole point of Christianity, as I understood it, is that Jesus came along and said, look, enough with the laws, because the laws <laughs> don't work. They only show that we're imperfect beings. All I'm asking you to do is two things, love God and love your neighbor. After all those two things, you're going to be mm -hmm. fulfilling the law anyway. But Jehovah's Witnesses have misinterpreted that. They, they, they talk about it, but they don't practice it, because if they practice it, there would be no judging. They'd just be loving. You know, and they just be continually telling you just love each other. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know he's a bad guy, but you know, keep loving him. Keep loving him, pray to God about us and love God. Make sure you love God and love your neighbor. Um, you know, yeah, he's a thief. You know, he's gone wayward, but <laughs> no matter, let's keep praying for him. Keep loving him. You know, uh, and, yeah. and then you may have a better result anyway, because isn't that what Jesus proved? Jesus proved that now I'm not a religious person, but I do appreciate the the stories of Jesus and the whole fact that he proved just by his actions that bad people can feel bad about being bad if they're treated well. Like look at Zacchaeus, the tax collector, an evil man that was just a thief really, essentially, for the government. And yet he felt bad, but after being treated well. You know, so you never feel bad when you're treated badly about doing what you do because you're only being convinced in your actions when people treat you badly, such as shunning you. Whereas if people treat you good, you'd nearly feel more guilty about doing whatever it is that you're doing. You know, so let's say you yeah. are a fornicator, someone that treats you well and says, look, Jay, that's your actions. You know, you have to answer before God, but you know, I still love you. And you're still welcome over to my house, you know, anytime mm -hmm. you want for a chat and a cup of tea and we can talk about things. I'll tell you, you're more likely to get better results than saying, cutting you out, no one will ever talk to you again until you come back to Jehovah. Fuck off. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I wish no. that it was that that um, simple. I wish that it could just be a fuck off and I never have to talk <laughs> about it again. I just, I feel like I'm constantly in a state of experience well, I shouldn't say that. I think that I used to feel like I was constantly in a state where I had to explain why I didn't care and why I thought the whole thing was bullshit and nonsense. And I think somewhere in the last few years, I've gotten to a point with my mom where when she brings it up, I just say, like, we're not going to be talking about that. And I just yeah. shut it down because we don't see each other often. We don't talk often. But there has been things such as my dad's passing where the con there has to be some sort of conversation um and now you know since my dad's passing she's had to redo her will for example and so she's had to reach out to say hey you may receive paperwork in the mail because of this you know read it over let me know what you think but i think you know or or i just got married for example and she uh, mailed me a wedding present um which was nice and also not expected but That's within nice. the within the box though was um an article the Oh, I don't remember if it was an awake or watchtower. I don't think it said actually, but um, it said your family could could be happy or your family can yeah, be happy. Yeah. And yeah. and it's like I don't respond to it. I just throw it in the garbage. I I pick my battles at this point because it's exhausting trying to explain yeah. to someone that believes it. Trying to explain to it's like trying to teach them another language. They don't understand it. So no amount of logic or common sense is going to. 
but, but you know, like Jehovah's Witnesses is kind of a funny religion in one sense because it's it's all about distributing publications. Yes, bothering people. They're like the Avon <laughs> ladies, the Avon ladies. Yes. You know, but but so obsessed with their products that they think God uh, uh, loves them more when they do better with distributing the products. So in this case, it's not Avon, but it's Watchtower. So everything Watchtower is basically uh, is basically an Avon product that they're going door to door with. And God loves you more when you can distribute these to everyone. And so it's like <laughs> obsessed with us. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. here, I have this Watchtower article or I have this Awake article. I don't know if when I was in, it used to drive me nuts. It's like you have an, a, a conversation with an elder about something, whatever it might be. And then it's like, oh, I printed off these Watchtower articles for you that you can read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to read them and think, what am I supposed to gain from this? I mean, this is yes. bullshit. It doesn't even answer any of the problems that <laughs> I have. I mean, I remember reading the Young People Ask book. You know, young people ask questions, young people ask answers that work. And I was like, none of these answers work. This is all nonsense. That's what I used to think. I'm like, it's like a whole bunch of nonsense. Give me something worthwhile. You know, I mean, I've, I, re I read a lot. You know, I read a huge amount of books all the time. And... I've learned so much from them. Now, what I did used to do is I did used to enjoy the Awake articles, especially years ago, when they used to have good articles and have some uh, articles of, of interest, you know, because I was always interested into the science and space and technology and that sort of thing. And when they talk about them, I was always interested in them. But there were only short articles and there was nothing me, me major in them. And they'd always revert back to, isn't it amazing, God's wondrous um, creation that sort of stuff you know but I, that part used to just annoy me at the end it's like okay you just have to throw that in to make the article look like it's a little bit religious mm. but it it's like mm -hmm. there's nothing nothing it's all presented as if all of this stuff is fantastic when none of it is i mean the key to family life or to a happy the key to a happy family life is what they talk about and then you read it and you find that actually the only key that you're really saying after all of this this 192 page book the only thing you're saying is that you have god in your life that's really all yeah. you're telling me you know you could have said that at the very beginning but what <laughs> you're just trying to do is convince me through a whole load of waffle <laughs> and and look at you most of you aren't happy i mean i don't think my sister is happy I don't yeah. think many Jehovah's Witnesses are happy. As, yeah. as they are much happier than they are, and I don't have God in my life. Yeah. Um, I, I get happiness out of just spending time with my wife and kids. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, rather than getting ready for meetings and prayer and, and family worship about bullshit. It's like family worship is just like the preparation on how to sell Avon products. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. It is. You know, it's one big multi-level marketing scam. Yeah, yep. it is. So it's it's a joke, really. It's like the Reader's Digest of the religious world. So, yeah. What was your last question? Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> um, my So my closing question is always to ask, um, if you haven't said it already, what advice would you give to anyone that is still physically in the cult and is listening to this podcast? Well, you know, one of the biggest fears that, that Jehovah's Witnesses have is leaving and they'll lose all their family. Look, Chev, you've left. You've lost your family. I've left. I've lost the family. Um, it's not that big a deal. 
Oh yeah, yeah. We, we. I mean, it's it is a big deal, but it's not a big deal. I mean, life moves on. You still get on. You know, if you really want to leave, and but you're afraid about leaving because of the shunning, I tell you what, you're better off leaving, because if you stay in, you're going to be mentally exhausted, and you're going to be depressed, and your life is never going to move on, and it'll never will, because when you're fear, when you constantly live in the fear of shunning, well, there's nothing. Life just isn't worth living anyway. So, but, but the, there is great freedom from leaving. And I said, that, I said that earlier on, the biggest freedom I had was I was able to get off my meds um, mm-hmm. and move on. And despite the shunning, you know, I've been shunned for 20 odd years. Despite all that shunning, I'm a happy guy. I have a good life. I'm a, a leading a happy life. And there's no, no better life than ha- lead, lead, leading the life you want to live, not leading the life that you think you need to live to keep other people happy. Because really, that's all you're doing. If you're staying in the organization and you don't believe it anymore, you're doing it for others, not for yourself. Because if you're doing it for yourself, you'd be gone already. I mean, I, I mean, I talk to an awful lot of people that are in and out, right? So I have connections in and out. And those those people that have left, despite the shunning, are happier. Yeah. Those that are still on, a lot of them are on medication or are very unhappy and are just like hoping for their 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 wives, their children, their aunts, their uncles to kind of leave first so that they can leave with them. But I think, you know, it, it's it's not um it's not condu- conducive. At the end of the day, if you go to any therapist, what they're always going to tell you is that you need to take care of your ego. Now, when we talk of ego, we don't talk about ego the way Jehovah's Witnesses talk about it as if it's some kind of negative thing. No, your ego is yourself and your own um, uh, your own happiness. And you need to be happy. And if you're not happy yourself, how do you expect anyone else to be happy? So if you're trying to be happy for your for your family and you don't want to be shunned by them and you want to keep their life happy that they don't have to shun you, well, then that's never going to work Some something's going to give and in this case it's going to be yourself and your own ego so yeah protection of your own ego I mean even to show that you you have a, a personality and you have likes and wants and needs by leaving because you want to leave because you don't believe it is the right choice I think you know there's an awful lot of people that would would, would uh, criticise me but I know I'm 21 years a shunned person I know how shunning works but I also know how happiness works, and I'm a happy person, despite the shunning. So I, I just go by my own experience. Mm-hmm. I agree. I couldn't agree more. It's definitely it's it's like you said. It's not that it's not a big deal. It's just also not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's, it's a big head deal. On out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a big deal if you want to make it a big deal, but it doesn't have to be a big deal. Because, I mean, if you leave and whatever and go on and move on to your life the next day, it's not a big deal. You can just do that, you know. Now, it might be a big deal for someone who is is maybe working for a Jehovah's Witness and has everything just focused, is everything is surrounding Jehovah's Witnesses world and, and never really ha- doesn't even have a good job to be able to go and do their own thing. But... For those type of people, what I would nearly say is, well, maybe you need to just go to college, go get yourself with some education and then go find a job that you can provide for yourself properly and then maybe leave. But if you really want to get out, I think ultimately you need to leave to 
enjoy your life properly. And, you know, it's never too late. I mean, you know, you were talking about the sunken cost fallacy with your with your sister. You know, yeah, you can always say, oh, look, I've spent this so much time. What's the point in leaving now? And I remember when I used to go door to door and you talk to an old man. Oh, sure, there's no point me leaving my religion now. And we'd kind of go and look at them. No, but if it's not the true religion, you should leave your religion. Well, I think the same is with Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, and you see them, there's an awful lot of them, I've read it, that are that are elderly or older in the 60s and 70s that have left. I mean, I had a lady in the UK, a very nice lady, she actually she was actually a special pioneer in Ireland, and she left in her 70s. And she said she, her life has just flourished since she left. She said she's had a great life. It's, 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 she said it's now she's beginning to live. And I thought that's incredible. A woman in her 70s that's found, um, found meaning in her life outside of Jehovah's Witnesses. So it's never too late. The sunken cost fallacy, throw it out, ignore it. You can leave and you can enjoy your life. You don't need to be in Jehovah's Witnesses just because you're maybe in your 60s, 70s or 80s. You can still have a good life outside of it. Amen. <laughs> I mean that with pun. <laughs> <laughs> Everything they do is to counteract apostates. You know, the very fact that they changed the wording before this, they, they just said that Jason Wynn has been disfellowshipped. They now changed that to Jason Wynn is no longer one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And that, I believe, is related to some case that uh, Barbara Anderson took against Jehovah's Witnesses to say, you know, they shouldn't be saying this publicly or something. So they changed the wording. But you know, to say, you know, Siobhan is no longer a Jehovah's Witness. Well, then I shouldn't be treated like a disfellowship person. A disfellowship person would be someone that, you know, you screwed up, you got disfellowshipped, but you're still actively trying to get back. And so you're going through like your punishment period. But for me, where I was like, I'm, I never believed in this in the first place. And I've, I'm in an opportunity where I can get out. So I'm getting out. Goodbye. Um, one, I feel like that should be considered disassociated, but that's neither here nor there. Um, if I am no longer a Jehovah's Witness, then why am I being shunned? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the whole point. So they're, they're kind of, they're, they're not, I think they're struggling to kind of counter apostates and maintain some sort of decor. <laughs> you know, I, I was just looking here at the other question. So before it used to say, um, what did it say? It says, on the basis of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, have you repented of your sins and dedicated yourself to Jehovah's will? Mm -hmm. Before it was, have you repented of your sins, dedicated yourself to Jehovah and accepted his way of salvation through Jesus Christ? So they've changed. They've now made it about dedicating to God still, but got salvation through Jesus Christ. Um that's just kind of nearly putting one before the other and then the second one used to say do you understand that your dedication and baptism identify you as one of jehovah's witnesses in association with god's spirit directed organization right so that's now changed you understand that your baptism identifies you as one of jehovah's witnesses in association with jehovah's organization now that's that's why i think they took out the dedication because your dedication they say the dedication is lifelong yeah, whatever. Right. 
You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's the reason why the ticker. But you know, it's all kind of legalese. Why is it all legalese? I mean, mm-hmm. when when Jesus went around baptizing people, he says, "Okay, fill out this form here and answer yes, yes." And um, once you've done that, I can tip you in the water here. Until then, you can't get tipped. <laughs> but that's what right. this religion is. It's all like legalese type of nonsense. It's like, why the hell have we got questions to answer before we get baptized? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, really, uh, there was no. There was no rule stipulated for baptism when Jesus was baptizing in the first century. Apparently, if you just believed um, that he's the son of God, off you go, dip yourself in the water. You're now a Christian. Good on you. Move on. Next. You know, but no, Jehovah's Witnesses have made it into some kind of legal doctrine type of thing that you make with God and them. And unless you do that, then you can't be a Jehovah's Witness. But then you just think, well, then Jehovah's Witnesses are, is just some kind of satanic cult because it would only be kind of a, a devil that would have you having a contract and then you can only yeah. you and say, hey, look, God, <laughs> I have a contract here from these minions. They're mine, not yours. Yeah, I know that, but I'm Jehovah. I'm a demon. I'm not God at all. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's like a really bad loan that you took out. Like when you were stupid and young and naive and you're still on the hook for paying it back with a horrible interest rate. That's, that's what it feels like. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. You're like, I didn't realize it would cost me this much. If I had known, I would have never signed up for it. (laughs) I mean, I definitely was mad at myself when I got baptized because I can't say that. Um, I wish I could play the victim and say that, but I knew how much it would cost me. And I, I still regret getting baptized because I knew, you know, all the years prior when I was giving pushback and saying, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Just trying to bide off time, you know, buy time and put it off until I could just leave and not be baptized. Um, when I just broke down and just like fine, I'll I'll go through the stupid questions and do the bullshit. I was so disappointed in myself. Like the day of of the baptism, I was so mad at myself because I knew that I was never going to stay in the truth, and I knew that I was living a double life already before, during, and after baptism. And so to get baptized, I thought that this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And I mean, I still kind of stand by that actually to this day. I think it is the dumbest decision I've ever made in my life was to get baptized. Oh, same as, same as. Yeah, Yeah, it's just dumb. It's dumb. I think maybe if I believed it and got baptized, I wouldn't be so hard on myself about it because you believed it. So of course you got baptized. But for me to be standing up, you know, walking to change into my bathing suit to go to the pool, knowing like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And just this dread you know, I felt like I was walking to the guillotines. Like I just, and I still did it. And I don't know why I did that. <laughs> so dumb. Well, see, yeah. Well, see, you, you were, you weren't a believer. I was a firm believer. And I, I didn't even think about the, the consequences of disfellowship. And despite the Huge. fact that I was disfellowshipped a year later. Oh, wasted you know, no within, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got this fellowship. I mean, I got baptized at 18 and then I was this fellowship at 19 going on 20. So Ugh. I was at 20 or something like that. I was 19, 19 going on 20. Um, and then got reinstated at 21 and then this fellowship again at 24. So, you know, when, when, when you're this fellowship anyways and you get reinstated, the likelihood of you getting disfellowshipped again is much higher than if you were never disfellowshipped. Yeah, I, 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 like you, I look at it being the 
worst decision I ever made in my life was getting baptized. Yeah. No, no, no other decision I've ever made has been that bad. You know, I mean, no, I can't even think of anything that mm -hmm. even comes close to that because that decision is has Forever. a lifelong impact yes. on you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I remember years ago thinking my mom, you know, believes in this and I don't believe in it anymore. But I just thought, well, maybe, maybe it doesn't really matter what you believe. No. As long as it gives you some kind of comfort and you try hard. Because if there is a God um, and you tried hard to be a good person, well, maybe he'll just, he doesn't really give two hoots about all that. The, what, what denomination you, what, what, you chose like, yeah well yeah or like to me i always wondered like why would he right if you did everything right and the only thing you don't you don't believe in or you don't agree with is maybe doctrine mm -hmm. well why would he give two hoots about us yeah what does he care he'll just go yeah yeah i wasn't very clear on that don't worry about it you know but the Jehovah's right. Witnesses make it all make a big, huge big deal about it like it means something but it shouldn't yeah. mean something to the God of the universe he he asked us to be good people he yeah. didn't say that uh, you know what you did the Christmas you did the Easter but you didn't do the a couple of the other things here and now so um, I'm going to you're, you're okay yeah. or no you're not okay because you did the Christmas or, you know, like, how do we, you know, there's so many different things that are involved in religions that, let's say there's a hundred things. And what if you got 99 of them right? Mm -hmm. Then are you in? Or, well, let's say you got 65%. Is there a pass-fail rate? <laughs> <laughs> and also just... Who's the per who are these people that are getting a hundred percent on the test? Because yeah. if we're if we're all imperfect people, somebody was bound to have told a white lie, or you know was mean to someone in the grocery store and wasn't very neighborly and loving. You know, like we all did something big and small. Yeah. And so, what are the odds that if if perfection is the only way to get in, then none of us are going to make it? Yeah. So it, it's kind of a bit silly. Yeah. And that you're you're creating all these rules and regulations that at the end of the day, what does it matter? Basically, Jehovah's Witnesses have created a very pedantic God. Mm -hmm. Why are you bothered to, to try and make me the perfect uh, specimen for God mm -hmm. when God is going to read my heart anyway? It's nearly like you nearly think that God isn't good enough to be able to do the job himself. <laughs> and why does he need all these silly people to do it? Like all these window cleaners. Yeah. I mean, and why window cleaners? What makes <laughs> them much better at doing it than, say, like um, a rocket scientist? Yeah. You know, or someone that's a scholar. You know, shouldn't it all be scholars that do this work? Because, I mean, they're educated men. Are we? Yeah. And why, does all, and why does it have yeah. to be all men? I mean, yes. what, is it, what is it with God with penises? <laughs> I, I mean, what's this fascination that you have to have something hanging between your legs, otherwise you can't judge people? Yeah, you can't be the expert then. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned that you don't pray, and I always thought as a kid growing up, not to say I didn't pray, I did. I tried it out, but I used to think <laughs> then, too, of 
well, if he can read my heart and he's omnipresent, so he sees the good and the bad things I'm going through day to day, and he reads my mind and he reads my heart, then I don't really need to pray about anything, it seems. Huh. Because he knows what I'm struggling with and he knows what I'm grateful for and he knows what I'm wondering about. So what what is there left to pray about? I, I really don't know because, I mean, I go to a kingdom hall, right? And I listen to a prayer. And when you listen to it, you just go, well, if this was me that they were talking to, I'd be getting so frustrated with this shite. Yes. Pure, utter nonsense. All the repeating the same thing. It's like, do I have to listen to this again? All they're doing is the <laughs> same thing. Send it to voice And then they're proud of themselves that they don't pray like the Catholics with the Our Fathers and the Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. At least with the, the Our Father and the Hail Mary. There's a there's a little bit of a sing song to it. <laughs> yes. As opposed to some fella droning on and on and on and on about <laughs> the same stuff that we just heard for the last two hours. <laughs> yes. Basically, what he's doing is a TLDR for the meeting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm glad I, I'm glad he's done a TLDR for there because I couldn't be arse listening to the watchtower today. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, I don't miss those at all. I don't miss those. It's, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Man, I forgot all about the the same little phrases that, you know, and they'd hear someone else say, and they'd think, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to add that to my prayer next time, you know? (laughs) I remember having to do prayers. You know, they'd ask me to say a prayer. Will you do the prayer to see for uh, at the end of the meeting, Jason, today? And I'd be going, "Uh, yeah, okay. I hated doing prayers because I just I didn't pray anyway. You know, oh. you know, I didn't pray because I just it's like Fake I tell it. my mom, yeah, I prayed, I, you know. But and then I have to go and do this, and I go, yeah, uh, dear Jehovah God, Stephen, it's great that you were uh, that we had a great meeting and Brother So and So's talk was such a great, encouraging talk for us all that we can all move, you know, enjoy and experience. And uh, I hope that everyone gets home safe this evening and that there's no accidents and that. Uh, We'd like to thank everyone uh, for a good day. Uh, True, your son, Jesus Christ. It would be so shitty. It would be like the most shittiest prayer you could do. They're like, here he goes again with his prayers. (laughs) You know, there probably was someone in your congregation that was like, I love when Brother Wen does his prayers. They're so good because they're they're not like everyone else. Yeah, they're so (laughs) short and they're not like anyone else's. Because, you know, before Goody Night or any time there was like food served at a witness wedding party or whatever, you just like oh just hurry up with the prayer you know hurry up with it because i just want to eat so i bet they just love they're like oh let brother win because get right into it so it was one elder in our hall and not in our hall because actually was in it because our king hall was shared with two congregations but he was Mm -hmm. in our hall before we split but um it was great when we split and he went to the other (laughs) now he was my he was my best friend's uh, dad but he would pray till for a good 10 minutes. It's just like, are we fucking there yet? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just, do you find that saying it longer may, makes you more holy? No. Really? Do you have to keep going on? It's like, I'm sure God has more busy things to do. Like, for all, yes. okay, maybe he's doing, he's got constipation, he's sitting on the toilet, and this is actually, he's kind of distracts him from the pain. His pastime. 
you know i feel like the times where i i can't remember last time i had a a deep prayer but Mm -hmm. anytime i did pray i used to start it off like that i used to start off with like um heavenly father jehovah I know that there's way worse things going on and I'm sure that you have a lot of other things going on. Like I would, it almost sound like I was leaving a real voicemail <laughs> to a friend. I know you're so busy and your hands are full because even as a kid, I used to think whatever I've got going on in my privileged American life is, is nothing. Like, it's like, you know, there are people that are starving or are being abused and are in war torn countries. And I'm over there in you know, my lake house Think, and I'm praying to Jehovah and crying because of whatever, you know, I was depressed and I did have anxiety as a kid. But even then I thought it could be a hell of a lot worse. And here I am praying to Jehovah for him to take away like my dark thoughts, you know, valid. That's a valid prayer. And you to ask, that is I was, a valid prayer. That's more my, valid than what I was yeah. asking for. I was well, asking my, for the weather to be good tomorrow. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> but even in those prayers, I thought, well... I don't want to pray to Jehovah about my my problems because it's it could be so much worse. And wow. so I think I always pray that way. Like I'm, I'm so sorry to bother you. I know that you're probably super busy with uh, wars and crimes and rape and murder. But um, hi, <laughs> and that's how I would start my prayers. <laughs> just super. I just felt like a bother to the to yeah this yeah guy. To this, yeah. <laughs> This, uh, this thing, okay, yeah, yeah, you know what, I'm kind of busy here, yes. Putin, Putin's really fecking <laughs> things up here, and I'm trying to influence a couple of his warlords. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm so well. sorry, yeah, I'm so sorry for bringing you my, my bullshit, but here I am again, you know, I felt it. Well, that's why I think the Catholics have it easier because at least they don't have to get into any of that. All they have to say, Our Father, right in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come. And they can get focused in on just the Our Father. That they don't have to worry about what God's doing. They just know that, you know, I'm I'm intensely thinking here and I intensely need your help. Yeah. And you know from my Our Father what I mean. And so you didn't have to get, you didn't have to tippy toe around them. He knew. Oh, yep, 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 yep. She's got the Our Father there, but I can see in her brain there. Yes, it's coming up here on the screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got on a wedding screen. on Thursday and you can't afford it. Right. That's right. You need money. Yes, that's exactly it. In a clear sky, no sickness, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I'd, li- I'd like to know if we got a bunch of people, say 50 people, to pray fervently mm. for some pe- some people and then get the same people not to pray for the same people six months later who are still going through the same troubles and let's see is there better or worse results yeah you know because personally <laughs> i don't think it's going to work out Mm-mm. i think the prayer is only making you feel better about yourself and it doesn't really do anything for the person you're praying for yeah you know it's it like, makes you feel like you tried something oh i tried to help because i sent up a prayer i mean how many people have been cured of cancer because someone prayed doesn't work uh, yeah. and then, then then the religious person will say well that's not how god answers prayers right yep right so what does god answer you know oh well when you're feeling bad and you need relief from that he can give you that but you have to show that you're doing something yeah. to do it kind of like the whole blonde joke do you know the whole blonde joke and she keeps praying to god and she prays and prays to god about winning the lottery you know and she, she never keeps she never wins the lottery and then one day she just prays to God and she says, look, God, I haven't won the lottery yet. I really need the money. 
can you please, please, please let me win the lottery this weekend? And God comes to her and says, look, Mary, you've been asking for years and years to win the lottery, but you're going to have to meet me halfway here. Can you try and buy a lottery ticket? Yes! But yes. that's the whole thing, you know, you, the whole thing is of prayer is that, well, it only really works when if you, you do actually something. do something. You know, yeah. but then that's just you doing something and you could have worked without you ever doing something. I have a shirt that says on the back of it, it says actions speak louder than prayers. <laughs> because sure. I, I'm, you know, the, every time some horrible event happens in the world, you'll see mm. online our thoughts and prayers. We're sending our thoughts and prayers to the people yeah. in Ukraine. And it's like, well, what the hell do they want your thoughts and prayers for? Yeah. What is that doing for anyone that's in that situation? Yeah. But it does make that person feel good about themselves. While I've prayed, I thought about it and I sent up a prayer. Well, I'll tell you what, if we had, right, let's say that they're saying there's 8 billion people on the planet, right? And there's some, let's say there was one person sick and we got the 7 billion, 999,999,999 other people to pray for that one person to get better. I tell you what, none of those prayers will work. No. But you got all the thoughts and prayers just for that one person. Still won't have any more of an effect than one person praying for that person with all the thoughts and prayers. No. It takes more than that, unfortunately. It's if there was a if there was a finger snap solution, we would have found it by now, but it doesn't we don't have one. Yeah, but but penicillin wasn't discovered by prayer. <laughs> <laughs> 